people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Zach McCoy. And it is your boy, Trav. And welcome back to the Oscar Worsty Podcast Thursday show, Thursawa. Show where you're taking a look back at the filmography of one of the most celebrated directors in the history of film. What film are we watching this week, Zach? We are watching The Most Beautiful, which is a 1944 Japanese propaganda and drama film uh, about a group of female volunteer workers at an optics factory during World War II. Excellent. This is everybody's first time seeing The Most Beautiful. Yeah. It is. Well, first Sawas? First Sawa. I'm still workshopping this. Uh, it is also my first time. All right. All right, and uh, I guess we can just jump into the film because I don't see the Academy Award giving this movie <laughs> any Academy Awards at this time. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You mean well? I, I have three different ways I look at this. Yeah. First and foremost, I find it very interesting as a time capsule watching this movie as an American uh, watching this film that was made as a propaganda piece for uh, you know, the enemy during while the war is happening. And it's, it's odd. Uh, you know, I know Kurosawa himself uh, feels very personal connection to this. And he also had some feelings where he was uh, later chastised himself for not resisting more of Japan's descent into militarism. And anyway, so I look at it interesting as a time capsule and as a, something that meant a lot to him when he was making it, but also as a propaganda film that the government was pressuring him to make, cause he couldn't make his, uh, Navy movie that he wanted to make cause, because Japan was losing the war. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll say it that way. Then I also look at it as, he probably couldn't make as much of a movie as he wanted in a certain way. And then technically it's still beautifully framed because of course it is. So those are my initial uh, thoughts and I'll get more into it after other people share their initial thoughts. This is a very <laughs> complicated movie to talk about, <laughs> uh, but I'll, I'll just say I, I liked a lot of this hmm. and uh, I'll, I'll discuss some more things as we go on, but <laughs> Yeah, it, it's a it's a very interesting piece of propaganda. Mm -hmm. I mean, but you know, not like there's not a lot of that coming out of our side. So right, right, yeah, and being made by justice, well, even more high profile filmmakers at the time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, it's very weird watching this film. First of all, it's a weird propaganda piece because I feel like when you watch American propaganda films, it's we're on the front lines, we're in the war and they make this propaganda piece where it's like, we're essentially free slave workers that are building parts for the military kind of deal. And then my other perspective of it is it's just a completely different take on Japan in World War II mm -hmm. than Takahata and Mizuzaki would do. You know, like complete opposite end of the spectrum of what 
a Studio Ghibli film would be if they were going to do a World War II movie. So yeah, yeah but I mean, they 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 didn't get to actively make Japanese World War II movies during yeah while yeah, World sure. War II while was, was happening yeah, for sure. before you know <laughs> before the bomb. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's this is this is pre this is pre bomb atomic bomb just yeah. flat flattening two cities mm-hmm. free uh christopher nolan pre-christopher nolan oh yeah we're getting that movie <laughs> yeah i have become death mm. yeah. yeah i i will say this um it's definitely a drop off of last week for me mm. um you know but I, I think maybe that is because of the topic you know where it's like last week we're watching judo and samurai shit and then this <laughs> week we're just watching women be bullied into doing stuff for their country and i think that's i think it's interesting because i don't think it's while mm-hmm. while it has that like war effort feel to it i don't think it's 100 percent meant to be a positive and maybe that's just me being no, I agree. Reading it from like knowing where Kira, uh, Kurosawa goes from here, right? But like the fact that we continuously see these women like fall into depression and watch their numbers yeah. dip, and like it doesn't feel like it's supposed to be that positive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's really an interesting thing about it too. Because okay, now I'll, I'll say my feelings overall as a film. I think it's kind of boring. I don't particularly care that much about them and the lenses <laughs> i just don't and you know it's hard to be like oh find that lens so you can shoot down american planes or whatever um uh but like you said he's supposed to be making a propaganda film and it's probably very closely watched and censored by the japanese military and yet he's getting this message of look at what war does to people in there you know subtly uh to a degree, you know, the women are all congratulating each other on being so like, Oh, she's such a good girl for doing this for her country. But at the same time, these people are breaking down and crying and (laughs) yeah. And, (laughs) and I find it interesting that, you know, when, when propaganda is made, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of like rah, rah to it. Yeah. So it's usually upbeat and some people like, I just watched Sergeant York for, uh-huh. the other show and a, a lot of american soldiers die but a lot of american soldiers die to prop up the fact that you know you could be that superhero soldier sergeant york was was one man and he did all this work and that could be you mm-hmm. so there's still like this real upbeat positive flair to it where sergeant york loves his family and he loves his country and he loves his, his, his fellow fighters. And that could be you. And this, it says a lot about a country on what prop, what their positive propaganda is that we're watching this. And they're like, this is what we want you to see. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't know that I've watched a propaganda film from a, from a side that's failing to win like during the movie, I've seen a lot of stuff that comes after, like Trav mentioned, you got a lot of stuff about the devastation that's happened in Japan, but there's, <laughs> they're still trying to get some support and some sort of happiness out uh, to people like keep doing your work, keep your, but it's very clear that things aren't going very well. Yeah. 
Yeah. So that exactly. This is this is their last ditch effort to be like everybody needs to chip in. Everybody needs to do their part. And also, you know, I won't speak too much to um, Japanese uh, wartime efforts, but they're, for lack of a better word, it's very brutal at times, and and you got a lot of very chill people in this movie. And <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure that's also part of the the packaging and propaganda. Yeah. Also that that like stoicism that mm. you know you're supposed to be very contained and uh, kept together. Yeah. Well, also if there's anything we learn from any country that basing the people of the country off of how their government runs is usually not really how most of the people are in that country. Right. So um. It, and we all know how ruthless the Japanese was, you know, how they enslaved plenty of people and came into plenty of other countries. But I don't think that was like their people. You know what I mean? Yeah, and right. I think this is probably more based on him saying this is actually Japanese people right here. Yeah. And what they're doing really isn't how we foresee or carry ourselves hmm. right and it's and it's no different than what you're going to see at home because women right. women are moving into the factories here in yeah. the u.s right. as well you know rosie the riveter is still like a, a major feminist icon um so you know it, and it might not be to the same degree but you know if if somebody one of our best directors made a film like this about the women in the factories on mm -hmm. stateside I, I think that movie's getting heaped with awards. Probably. I mean, and looking at looking at the Academy Awards from this year, I, I feel very justified in saying that. Mm. <laughs> you know, like since you went away and Wilson or in the best picture category or best documentary features, the fighting lady, Oscar oh. nominee, United okay. States Navy. Yeah. Resisting enemy interrogation, Oscar nominee, the United States Air Army Air Force. Ah, uh -huh. our best documentary short subjects are the with the Marines at Tarawa, Oscar nominee, Tarawa. United States Marine Corps, Hymn of the Nations, uh, two nominees here, United States Office of War Information, Overseas Motion Picture Bureau, oh. and then I don't know what New Americans is, but that yeah, that's the National Refugee Service. So yeah, uh, hey, look at look at how good America is. We're taking in refugees. Like there's, there's just propaganda all over the place in the Academy right. Awards. I'll be watching um, Wing in a Prayer, the story of Carrier X this week in mm -hmm. or when we do 1944 in preparation for the category we're we're covering. Yeah. So, you know, Hail the Conquering Hero. We're going to be covering Wilson, which is a huge. I'm going to save all my notes on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, very good points. Like, and you know, and this kind of propaganda, propaganda that's being made by Frank Capra and right. John Ford are like are the biggest directors of all time. Yeah, both both of them with like three Academy Awards at this point. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, these the and these are seen as just fine, and these are seen as praiseworthy, and and I get it. This is our enemy uh, at the time, so we we look back at this and. Not a very flattering light because I don't, I don't think it should be flattering, mm -hmm. but I also don't think our propaganda should be looked at as flattering either. Yeah. Yeah. True. I will just say, I, I agree with Zach. I just, 
the film's really just kind of boring and not really that interesting compared to it's hard not to compare this film to what we know he's going to create down the road like it's hard to separate that but honestly even compared to something like last week where it's like that movie's much more interesting of a film than what this is i'd say this is a bad film yeah i just watched it as a workplace drama yeah made it a much more interesting watch Uh, (laughs) like it doesn't matter what they're doing this is just how it is in a workplace yeah yeah i um i for some reason uh you know it's only 85 minutes long but it felt kind of longish to me i did (laughs) that's where the boring comes into play though i was saying you know and i watched it on tubi so there was also commercials so that that helped lengthen it yeah and i hate using the word boring because it's a boring word and it suggests you know the need to be constantly entertained, but I just think there were too many shots of lens optics related stuff that just weighted down for me. So as a film, that's where I'm standing Fair. All right. Any other notes on this film? No. All right. Well then let's get into our worst city judgment. All right. And, uh, Trav. Yeah, boy. Where's this sitting on your Thursday? Thur Asawa, man, I gotta get, I gotta get into it. I gotta get into it. Where's this sitting on your Thur Asawa list? Oh, as Zach would say, the thorough Sawa. I have it down at the bottom. I gave this two and a half stars, so you know, five out of ten. Didn't suck, but definitely. Well, well I read this is his uh, worst-rated film on. Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, whatever. So, if this is his worst-rated film, well, then, you know, that kind of gives me excitement for the amazingness that, you know, we are still to come upon. So, yeah, I gave it two and a half stars. It's sitting last place at my number two, right underneath Sanshiro Sugata, whatever it's called. Yeah. Sanshiro. Very nice. Zach, where's the sitting for you? Take that and rewind it back. <laughs> um, I also gave it two and a half stars, oh. and it's at the bottom of my list. Uh, it's just not something, again, like that's why I started by saying it's an interesting time capsule. It's just not something I'm interested in watching again as a film. I appreciate what he had to do and what he was trying to do and some of the underlying you know, messages. Uh, but, yeah, I, again... I'm jaded by knowing what he's going to create, and I really enjoyed last week's film, and I did not enjoy this one by comparison. So, two and a half, bottom of the list. Mr. Workman. All right. So, I gave this three and a half. I think this is very well acted. I think it's very well shot. Hmm. Uh, And while I don't think it is the most interesting, I think it works really well as a human character study. Also, too, this (laughs) might be the most important film of his life. Because this is where he meets his wife, you know, and yes, also, you know, yeah. so also the film that's probably going to keep him working for as much as we get to see him working. Because if he right. if he bungled this, who knows where where he'd be right now? That's true. That's very true. Um, but uh, I think it's a well constructed film. I think he adds enough drama in, t- in it to keep it interesting. I was. I don't want to say rooting for these women, but I wanted these Mm. women to be okay. And I wanted their goals 
their personal goals to be reached and kept because I, I cared about them. Uh, mm. I, I think he did a really good job at making me care about these characters. And for that, I applaud him. But yes, it is propaganda, and I don't reward propaganda often. <laughs> mm. You you have to be the really most well-made piece of propaganda of all time, which is Casablanca. So if you, <laughs> if you can't be Casablanca, don't be propaganda. So you're saying I just don't like propaganda. Uh, so his wife was the one, uh, Watanabe, right, uh, the main, uh, like the supervisor? Of, Correct. Okay. Watanabe. Watanabe, thank you. Which is, in Death Note, that's Light's butler caretaker his alfred pretty much mm. um and i want when i watched this movie and saw that i wondered if death note got that from this and maybe it was like a little tribute to him you know to but take that character what, name and put in there i don't know what nabe yeah what nabe oh, don't forget that's also uh oscar nominee ken Watanabe. oh yeah so it could be a reference in a bunch of places. Nice. Uh, but you know what film that I compared this to the most in my heart was Letters to Iwo Jima. Okay. A very... Still haven't seen it. Oh, God. It's so good. Um, it's a, a very measured take on the Japanese during World War II. It's not... The Clint, Clint Eastwood movie, right? Mm -hmm. with, with Ken... With Ken Watanabe. Watanabe. <laughs> and isn't that a weird... Clint Eastwood movie, like as far as not something you would expect Clint Eastwood to make. Yeah, maybe at it, that point in his career, especially. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it's 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 produced by Spielberg, and it feels a lot more in line with like Band of Brothers than it does anything right. in Clint Eastwood's filmography. <laughs> you know, because when Clint Eastwood was doing films about World War II, they were like those World War II action films, like where Eagles Dare and shit like that. So, mm -hmm. all right, so. There we have it. Uh, yeah. It's at the bottom of my list. I have Sanchez Shigata above it, but only by a half a star. Only mm. by half a star. All right. So, okay. With that, Zach, what are we watching next week? We are watching, well, speaking of last week, we're going to watch Sanchez Shigata Part 2, Part which two. is on Plex and Tubi, as far as I can see. Still Shigata ing. Yeah. Excited to see where that goes. Yes, me too. Yeah, boy. Excited to see how he builds upon that story. Mm. And if anybody else gets murdered by being thrown into wood. <laughs> yes. Perhaps a fence this time. Bamboo sticks. <gasps> All right. So, Trav, let people know where they can find you on the media social. Oh, the media socials. Of course, you can find me on the Instagram at ZK Audio. I'm on the TikToks. T-R-A-V-I-O-S-C-K. Where I'm also on the Twitter. <laughs> and... The letterboxes by the same name. And I really don't know what I want to bring up this week because mm. I saw The Mother with J-Lo and I thought that was good. Um, J-Lo's great. But I, I'm going to bring this up. I finally, my mom keeps talking about how she wants to see um, Brendan Fraser's Fraser. film from last year. The Whale? The Whale. Thank you. And Terrible. well, you know, she keeps saying she wants to see it. And I'm like, all right, well, if, if I'm not letting you watch the whale until you watch more of um, Darren Aronofsky's films. Okay. And mm -hmm. 
I got her to watch the wrestler and she's like, you know, my mom, my mom don't fuck with professional wrestling. Like, so I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, I don't want to watch this. I don't give a shit about no wrestling, bro. She was hooked, bro. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. And at the end when, you know, he's on the turnbuckle and they got the camera, he jumps, but the camera stays. She's like, did he die? And I was like, we don't know. <laughs> Welcome to how he makes films. We don't know. You decide for yourself. It's kind of not important. <laughs> so, yeah, but God, I forgot how good. I've, Mickey Rourke is just perfect for that mm-hmm. role. I yeah. Mean, and, and it can kind of go side by side with his career as an actor, which is probably what they had in mind. You know, which mm-hmm. is why he's so good for it. And God, this guy's just, he makes such good films. It's a shame that you didn't like The Whale. I haven't seen it yet because I've always held his films in high regard. Yeah. So have I. Me too. I am a huge Arnofsky fan. I'm, I'm the guy who still defends Noah. <laughs> I, you know, it's so funny. I was going to say, even Noah. <laughs> I'm not I, saying it's great. <laughs> I I will defend Noah to the death. I think that film is really good. And I think I gave it a B plus when it came out and put it in my top 50. And uh, no, but Black Swan. I fucking love Black Swan. Black Swan is. I've got The Fountain in my four on Letterboxd. Leanne and I went and saw The Fountain together. And when we walked out of that theater, we were like, my fucking God. That movie was incredible. As mm-hmm. everybody else who's shuffling out of the air going, mm, I don't get it. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. <laughs> no, for sure. So the guy's amazing. So that's where yeah, we're at. That's why I really wanted to love the whale. I really wanted to love the whale. I just don't love the whale. He doesn't love the whale. I think it, I think it's a really mean film. I can see that without having seen the movie. I, I can see how it could be. So I'll, I'll watch it eventually. Yeah. Zach, Zach people follow just, you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Critiker, Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, TikTok House Havoc, Letterbox by searching my name, Mr. Workman. Uh, you can follow me on TikTok at Shark Dress Men, where just Tappy and I are covering all sorts of shark-related content. You can follow me at Father of the Fear on TikTok, or not, not TikTok. I'm going to go to sleep probably right after this. Um, on uh, Twitter and Letterbox, where I keep running tally of all the films I watch. And, and you know what? On I'll go ahead and bring up the fact that I've been watching a lot of uh, a lot of Buster Keaton. Oh yeah, because uh, it's all free on YouTube. You can just type in most all, all the Buster Keaton's movies, and you can just watch them. But uh, blank check with Griffin and David's covering him right now, and mm. uh, God damn it, he really disappointing when you go back and watch stuff, and it's just like, hey, that's a lot of blackface. Oh, yeah, and, and I, tonight I watched Seven Chances, which. Would be a really good movie if there wasn't uh, one of the worst blackface characters I've seen in a while. Which mm. says something. <laughs> it's it's awful. And it's really disappointing because there are black actors in the film. There's actually one really racist joke at the expense of one of them. And uh, then there's this character who is a very plain ass looking white dude in blackface. And mm. he is, oh my God, he's bad. He's just awful. Damn shit. Yeah. And 
it was a real shame after watching a uh, Sherlock Jr., which is a perfect film to then just the last few I've watched. You're just like, oh, there's another person in blackface. Oh, goody. And I don't. I generally knock off one star for that amount of racism. Like, okay, this was made in a different time. Gonna knock the star off. But that Blackface character mm. killed me. It killed the fuck out of me. Mm. Yeah. Was, you can watch it for free on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody yeah, makes any money. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. We're gonna go. We're gonna thank Trap some. Hey, Trap. Thank you. Hey. Thank you. Double duty. In the show on two episodes of this week, got his own show, Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, that you can catch. Mm-hmm. Putting in the work this week, indeed. Workhorse uh, drive. And then uh, we'll move on to thank uh, Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. I'd like to thank Megan and J Bell YouTube for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Oscars Pod and on Facebook at the Oscars Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a nice five star review on Apple Podcast Stitcher or Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. The almighty algorithm. Don't lose any lenses. Don't. Don't. Don't do it. Yes, in the words of Edgar Wright, don't. So for Zach and Trav and uh, Watanabe. <laughs> trying to find trying to find that lens. We'd like, we'd like for you all to have a damn fine day. <laughs>